This episode may contain content of a graphic nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. I'm Nikki. And I'm Mariah. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Body to Burial. Okay, well, I think before we introduce the guest for the week, I just want to say welcome back to everybody. Thank you for listening. And we want to encourage you to please go rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That helps us tremendously. And we would really appreciate you taking three minutes, maybe four, if you type a little slower, (laughs) um, to give us a review. It really helps grow the show's awareness and um, helps us out a lot. So we'd really appreciate it if you can go over to Apple Podcasts and do that for us. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say or any business. Nikki, you have anything or should we just jump right into it? No, just jump right into it, I guess. And all right, well, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, please. Thank you. We appreciate you listening to us and uh, supporting us as we continue to figure out how to do this better and grow each week. So thank you for your patience and your support. Exactly. Thank you. Okay, so this week we have Jose joining us, who's a certified polygraph examiner, which I don't know about you, but this whole thing is like, super interesting to me because totally like you hear all the debates on like how valid is it can people almost essentially lie their way out of them and then you like you have to worry about for me I at least think about this like the timeline of when it's given so like if they're not taking it right at the beginning of being a suspect do they have time to build up a story or an Mm -hmm. alibi and like practice like saying it to where when they go and take the polygraph they're able to like pass it I heard if you put a penny in your shoe, you'll pass. <laughs> no, you haven't. That's like a for real thing you've heard. I swear I've heard that. And I think it's like a wives tale or something. But I don't know why I heard that. And I don't even know literally where I heard it. But I for some reason, it's one of those pieces of something that'll never come out of your brain. And it's probably like a fake. I mean, obviously, it's a fake thing. It like pulls a needle or something. It should I be like a magnet. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, that would be crazy to me. Right. We're going to have to ask Jose if they do like a penny check on people before they hook them up to the machine. Yeah. I don't know why I know that. And I don't even know why that tidbit is in my brain. And maybe it was just from something I watched and it was fake, (laughs) but I want to know that. I do. I really want to know. See, like my thing with them is like, I've heard that if you stay as close to the truth as possible, Mm-hmm. that it won't register as a lie. So like if I told you, yes, I drink Diet Coke. I didn't tell you I drank Diet Coke today or that I did it yesterday, but I am saying I do drink it. So like you're admitting a truth, but there's a false component to your truth. You know what I mean? What if they ask you specifically, did you drink a Diet Coke today? Well, and see, that's the thing. It's like, I think, again, I'm not sure. This is Mariah speculating her <laughs> wonderful idea about the jobs. But like, I would feel like they have to ask you the same question a couple different ways, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. To like, maybe like gauge your response level. I don't know. I would be sweating just even if I know that I did nothing wrong. See, and that's the other thing. What if you did nothing wrong, but you're so nervous. So it's registering as like, oh, she's, she's cuckoo. Something's weird because you're just nervous. 
Well, I, yeah, I want to see if they take all those things into account. I'm just curious about this whole thing because I think it's so interesting. I feel like they ha- they have to have a baseline. They have to be able to yeah. say like, what's your name? What's your birthday? And like watch your reactions on very simple, normal questions. I hope he has the history of it too because that would be fantastic. Oh, you know, that would be fabulous. Like when it started. Um, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, because I, I have no idea when these first started. Right? It's an interesting job and it's an interesting invention, you know? Right. Like, how did it come to be like, oh, this is a way we can test people? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to talk to him. Very excited. Well, let's bring him on. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh, we are so excited to talk to you and hear all about your job and all the wonderful things. And Nikki has a fantastic, we think it's like an old wise tale that she's going to have to ask you about, but I'm. I hope I don't disappoint. You're putting me up on a pedestal. I really hope I don't disappoint you guys. Oh no, you're going to be fabulous. (laughs) You have an interesting job. (laughs) I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. Well, let's jump into it. So I think a great way to kind of lead us into this is to tell us how you came into doing this in the first place. Is this something that you saw as a little kid? Is this something like, how did you even know that this was a realm of a possibility? So are you talking about police officer or polygraph examiner? Well, let's start back at the beginning. When did you want to be a police officer? In the beginning. Let's go all the way back from where. (laughs) Let's go back to when you were four and you're eating your... (laughs) you know, breakfast in your jammies and we're like, I'm going to be a police officer. Well, I don't know that much about you, but you did what I do, what most experienced interrogators do, and that we never set a starting point. We let the person we're interviewing set that starting point. So by you telling me to start from the beginning, those are the same exact words that I use when I'm talking to someone about a specific crime, specific event. Oh, Oh, that's funny. Because I don't want to give you the starting point. I want you to tell me what you think of the beginning. So, hey, so where should I start? Or here's a piece of paper. Tell me what happened, right? Where should I start? Start from the beginning. And that's how I leave it. Because I mean, it, it, where, where they choose to be their starting point says a lot about their, their train of thought and, and what they're thinking about. So, good for you. Congratulations. You <laughs> Thank have. you. You, you get a good start. Listen, <laughs> I'll take you. We're so busy. Well, I'll take you. Um, I, I grew up wanting to be an airline pilot simply because my dad worked for the airline. So, that's all I knew, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we moved to Orlando, Florida from Puerto Rico and, uh, and when I was going into the seventh grade. So the summer between sixth and seventh grade, we moved here. Um, I got to Tampa to take summer classes for English because I knew very little English. So I stayed with my uncle and aunt over there. Came back to Orlando, whole classes, all English. I got B's and C's, so I passed. But in seventh grade, my very first semester here in Orlando in the States, I took a low awareness class and that changed my, my destiny and the rest of my life forever. So ever since I was 12 years old, I wanted to be a police officer. Wow. I've lived out my dreams. I can't That's say that cool. for sure. Yeah. 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 Now, as far as polygraphs, uh, so I started working for the Orlando Police Department in 1992, uh, in November of 92, and I just retired February of 2021. So it, it, Orlando Police uses polygraphs for employment purposes and as well as criminal cases. Having been a background investigator recruiter for Orlando, um, I knew about polygraphing, but I never got into it. Um, and there, there was only, out of like 800 officers, there's only two. Now there's only three of them. So it, it's very elite. They're very specific as to who they choose to put in there. So in 2007, one of our deputy chiefs called me into her office. 
me thinking I was in trouble, which, you know, of course. So <laughs> I go in and she tells me that we're going to have an opening in the polygraph unit and she wants me to put in for it. So I put in and lo and behold, I get selected. And polygraph school, the one that I went to was in Atlanta. Um, and back then it was eight weeks long. So for eight weeks, I would drive up on Sunday nights, come back on Friday night, uh, came back, started doing polygraphs for employment and for criminal cases. And I've been doing them ever since. And now I teach at a polygraph school. I teach other officers about interviews and interrogations, about backgrounds. I do polygraphs for employment and for attorneys and for fidelity testing. You know, I want to know if my wife's cheating on me type of thing. Oh, wow. Uh, I also do one for uh, convicted sexual offenders that are on probation. So to get certified as like a polygraph examiner, do you have to have like um, police experience or could like a civilian... If you look on the, in the American Polygraph Association website, APA, not every state is a licensing state for polygraph services. For example, in the state of Florida, it, it, we are a non-licensing state. So anybody, even without having gone to polygraph school, can start their own business. Wow. That's why uh, continuing education is so critical. I am still certified in the state of Florida through the Florida Polygraph Association. Um, and I'm also certified to conduct post-conviction sexual offender testing polygraphs, and I'm also certified through the APA and then the AAPP, the American Association of Police Polygraphists. So whatever state you're in, let's suppose I want to do the polygraph in, in Virginia. Virginia is a licensing state, so I have to apply, go through the process, take a class, show charge, prove that I'm worthy of getting their licensing, and that's how it works. But I would say... Uh, if I have to guess, maybe half of the states are non-licensing. I feel like because there is not licensing required in every state, to me, that kind of puts a sour taste in my mouth about the validity of these tests. I'm assuming that's part of the problem that you're working against. Well, it, it should not give a sour taste for the validity. It should give you a sour taste as to the person doing the polygraphs. Okay. Because we have standards of the procedure. So I cannot just do any test that I want. I have to follow the standards and the techniques that have been already approved by the federal governing agencies. So you should be more wary of the person doing the, the polygraph rather, rather than the validity or the credibility of the process, if that makes sense. Okay. And when these are administered, I'm assuming there's no requirement that they have to be administered like at a police department with an officer present. Like I could potentially have someone in my home and do it. So let's say you want a polygraph done for you own your own business as there's some equipment that's missing. Sure. And I hired a, a, a polygraph company, right, a, a polygraph examiner to come and conduct those exams. Um, but you, as the client, customer, you need to, to vet me. You need to confirm that I know what I'm doing, right? So that's where, and, and I'm not big on putting plaques in my office or anything, but I have them in case anybody wants to see them, I can prove to them that I have been con attending continuing education, that I've done all the requirements needed for me to be considered a certified polygraph examiner. How does that work if you pass or fail? Is there certain markers or stuff like that? Or how does that whole thing work? There's scoring involved. And, and the, the scoring is objective, and it can actually be verifiable by the computer software as, as well. And any good examiner will have his or her work to see quality control by somebody, another examiner. Okay. So we're big on that simply because I am by the book and I want to do things right because I don't want to send someone that's innocent to jail and vice versa, right? 
So because of it, um, there is scoring involved for that. Well, the polygraph machine, the bog, as we affectionately call it, is what it's detecting is the physiological reactions in your body as you respond to the questions that I ask you. Now, you and I are going to review the questions for the polygraph before I give you the polygraph. So you will know exactly what I'm asking you before I ask you, because the last thing I want you to do is get, so, get surprised by a question that I'm asking you. And surprises can very much look like a reaction, right? So yeah. So because of it, we are going to review absolutely every single question before I ask the you in the test. But isn't that kind of counterproductive? Not at all. Because again, that, so it, again, it, it's to your benefit. Because if I ask, let, let's pause right here for, for the theft of, of the office chair or, or theft of money from work. And you bought that after the money. Okay. Uh, if I don't review the questions, and I'm going to ask you, did you take any of that money from the safe, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, do you know for sure who took any of that money from the safe? You may be asking me why. I didn't take the money. Why is he asking me if I took it? I don't know. So all these thoughts that are going through your mind that have just caught you by surprise could very much make it look like it's a reaction because it's a surprise. The body doesn't know the difference between the, uh, uh, physiologically speaking, the body doesn't know the difference between a surprise and stress. So this is what, what, what we look for. We're not looking for lies. This is not a lie detector, even though people call it that. Yeah. Have you, have you both been pulled over before by the police? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> cool. As soon as you see the cop car behind you and the lights come on, what is your very first thought? I mean, I get like super nervous, like legitimate. I'm like, oh, my heart starts racing. My hands get sweaty. I get stressed. There you go. Now, I want you to think, and please do not share with the audience, but I want you to think of the biggest lie you have told in your whole life, the lie that has the most consequence attached to it. And chances are you felt the same way that when you got pulled over. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking for. The stress of getting pulled over, the stress of getting caught in a lie, it's going to affect your breathing, your heart rate, and your sweat glands. Your sweat glands, because under stress, your body temperature increases, so we sweat, and we perspire them all through our hands and our feet, simply to cool the body down. Breathing patterns, because under stress, you need more oxygen, so I'm going to look and see how your breathing is different under stress. And also, heart rate, because under stress, adrenaline kicks in. Actually, it's cortisol, the right hormone, kicks in, and it's what makes everything happen. So that's what I'm looking for in the polygraph. I'm looking for that oh-oh moment. Right when you get pulled over, oh, oh, when you get caught in a lie of consequence. So the consequence for the bad guys is jail time, right? I have to make sure that before I give you the polygraph, you have to know what the consequence is because it works on the fear of detection of deception. You getting afraid of getting caught lying. That's how it works. So you're making the decision because you know ahead of time and you're making the decision whether or not you're going to be honest or you're going to be not honest and you can tell that. Well, when, when we're reviewing the questions, you know, it's like what I'm going to ask you. You're going to go, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes and, sense. And I've had people walk away from my polygraph before. They're like, you know what? I don't want to take this. I'm out. No. And, but I mean, that to you right there shows you that they're guilty, right? I, I, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? and, and I've had people walk in saying, you know what? Before you hook me up, I lied. I lied to protect my husband. I'm very sorry. So the polygraph works. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Because of human nature, and please keep in mind, ladies, that in police work, in law enforcement, things have evolved so much because of technology. Now we have body cams, we have tasers, we have GPSs, we have computers and cars. But the one thing that hasn't changed is interview techniques, because human nature hasn't changed. 
The way that we saw people lying back in the early century is happening today because we haven't changed as human beings. And that's how I make a living. Now, I didn't know you could refuse it. Now, if you're if you're in the jail setting and you come in and you do the, the polygraph, can they say no at that point or do they have to? At any point, they can say no. Really? Yeah, like Nikki Scott Peterson. You know who that is. Right, Nikki? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he... I do, I so do. He, um, <laughs> yeah, good. I'm glad everyone knows. So, like, initially, when they first brought him down, the very first time to the police station, they asked him if he would take it, and he said yes. But they didn't have anybody there to administer it. Right. And when they asked him again to, like, set it up, he would not take it, and he never took it. And so oh. that's, like, why... Lacey's sister like went like publicly like saying oh he refused to take this like why wouldn't you take that if you were innocent you know so there is like that whole thing but yeah you don't have to do it oh. no not at all but then you have someone like Chris Watts and we all know who he is right yeah, yeah I yeah. saw that I watched that <laughs> I was on Netflix and I watched the documentary that they had where they had all the body cam and all the camera footage yeah, and, he yeah, was, yeah, and yeah. that was wild that was and crazy and someone that's guilty who took the polygraph, failed it, and confessed. That that case is fascinating because they went from a missing person to found bodies in four or five days. That's yeah. unheard of. Yeah, yeah. And the polygraph was, was critical. Um, Tammy, Tammy Lee, the, the, uh, the polygraph examiner, she did a fantastic job. And Yeah, she was great. I had not watched that. My Two of my kids do because they, they're they like the family business of interviews and interrogations and polygraphs, so they watched it. Okay. And like, yeah, have you watched it? I'm like, no. She goes, hey, the polygraph did a really good job. She said, right now, only one of us knows what happened or the truth. By the time we get finished, we're both going to know the truth. And that line is, man, wow, right? Right. So, yep. sure enough, yeah. he never watched And she told him, only... Only a, 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 if you're guilty and you're taking this polygraph, it's because you're stupid, right? And he took it anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. But I do think there is that perception that they can be fooled, right? Because my brother and I were talking about you today. I mean, I've been talking about you all morning, so, oh boy. <laughs> but <laughs> we were talking about you today because he was saying, you know how people are pathological liars. They will die on that hill that the sky is red. And so they firmly believe the lie so much that it's factual that they'll be able to pass the test. Sure. What percentage of the population are pathological liars? Yeah. Right? And, yeah, and, yeah. and furthermore, if you're taking a polygraph and it's not for employment, it's because you did something wrong. So, again, it's a whole consequence thing. You may believe it all you want, but you know that if I catch you lying and the truth, then game over. So it's the actual polygraph itself, the in-test portion where you're hooked up to the bomb, it's only, let's say, 20 minutes long. Oh, okay. I've done polygraphs for 10 hours, out of which only 20 minutes is hooking the person up. Before that, it's talking, interrogating. Because remember, I have to get a complete stranger to trust me in a very short amount of time to tell me the truth. Mm -hmm. They call me from Adam. So the sooner I can build some type of rapport with them, then I'm winning. Right? If they're talking and I'm not, I'm winning. Yeah. So all of us like to talk about our kids, our pets, our grandkids, all that stuff. I'm going to get all that information from you because I like to talk anyway. I'm a talker. But I'm going to use that stuff against you later on. Um, if, if I can use your kids against you, if little Bobby was here watching you right now or little Susie, would they want to think of you as a bad person or someone who just made a mistake? Right? So yeah. that is... That is what we call a forced alternative answer. Whichever way you answer, 
you're screwing yourself, right? Oh yeah. I just I just rethought of how you said that question and I was like, yeah, either way I'm <laughs> did something bad. <laughs> exactly. So a, a, a lot of what a lot of the time that we spend is is prepping for this this fantastic opportunity to do this interview, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because you may only get one chance to ask that right question in the right way. Example, mm-hmm. O.J. Simpson, we all know what he got accused of doing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. How did he do it, allegedly? With a knife? With a knife, exactly. Now, if I was to ask you both of you, Maya and Nikki, if you own any knives, what would you tell me? Yeah. Of course. Oh. Okay, knife, Bye, Nikki. <laughs> I'm, I, you can hook me up right now. I'm very truthful. <laughs> <laughs> so, so everybody has knives. So OJ Simpson was asked by the police officers, the detectives, hey, OJ, do you own any knives? And his reply was, yeah, I have a couple of guns. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. So for the three of us sitting here talking, clear as day, why that wasn't readdressed? Why wasn't he challenged? I don't know. Maybe because they were starstruck. Maybe for whatever reason, right? So yeah. when people start to display, when people start answering questions that were not asked, those are huge red flags, right? Yeah. When people, again, when people answer questions that were not asked. Case in point, Chris Watts on that documentary that you guys watched. While he was at the neighbor's house watching the security video, a commercial came on for an early pregnancy test, a pregnancy test commercial. And he said, oh, she's pregnant. Nobody asked him. What? So mm. I can watch. Yeah. So then that's why he's trying to deflect from him. That's like deflecting. And, and if you watch his body language when he was watching the video, hands over his head, like, oh, crap, I'm done. You can just watch and see. Now, please keep in mind also that that whole documentary was completed, published without talking to the FBI agent or the Colorado Bureau of Investigation polygraph examiner. Oh, really? They were never interviewed. That was all done with public records. Wow. Can they do that? I mean, they did it. Public record. Why not? Yeah. But don't you think you you would want the perspective of the people that had to confess? Oh, totally. Totally. Because I thought that was the best part. Yes. Absolutely was. So so here's Chris answering questions he was not asked, right? When I ask you what happened, I expect you to tell me what happened. Now, again... This goes into a lot more than just polygraph examining because, again, the polygraph is only 20 minutes long, but I need to ask the right questions, all this stuff. So I pay attention to everything, handwriting analysis. I pay attention to statement analysis, what's being said, what's not being said. Handwriting analysis is how it's written, whether cursive, how you dot your eyes, how high, forward, backwards, all this stuff, right? And when I hand you a, a, a piece of paper to tell me what happened, everything should be in what verb tense. Now, do well, they... I mean, if it should be past tense. In the past tense, very good. So if you switch to present tense somewhere in that statement, chances are that's when the crime occurred. Okay, so hold really? on. Let's clarify something really quick. So you're going to interrogate me. I'm going to sit down. You're going to hand me a piece of paper, and you're going to ask me to write down what happened. Well, so yes and no. I'm going to have you. Walk me through the process. Bring me into your office. I'm going to have you come in, and I'm going to ask you why you're here. I'm suspected of killing Nikki. <laughs> okay. And, well, let me ask you this, then. Did you do it? No. I'm so happy you said that. I'm going to help you prove your innocence. I'm on your side. I'm going to help, help you prove that you didn't do it. Shame on them for thinking that of you. Okay, great. So... You come into my office, we talk about the kids, talk about the puppies, right? Because yeah. we're going to talk about anything but the event itself. When you come into my office, you're ready to lie and be yeah. deceitful about the event. 
You're not yeah. ready to talk about what happened before the event, after the event. So I'm going to talk to you about anything but while you're there. Why? Because I want to observe your body language, right? I need to make sure that you're relaxed. I need to watch what it looks like so I can establish a baseline for you specifically for your body language. Okay. I'm going to ask you, I'm here to hear your side of the story. Has anybody asked your side of the story? Chances are the answer is no. No. Yeah. No. Nobody cares. Right. Well, you know what? I care. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from your point of view what happened that night. And then I'm going to give you a piece of paper, have you write it, right? Because okay. by the time you handwrite it, then I'm locking you to a story. Yep. Any deviation from that story, I'm going to use that against you later on, right? Okay. Okay. So I read the statement and we, you and I, we, because we are a team, we are going to clear up any discrepancies that I may see on that statement. Okay. I will never call you a liar. I will never say that you lied. Just discrepancies. That sounds a lot nicer. Yes. Yeah. So again, we're going to minimize everything in there. So we're going to go with the discrepancies. I'm going to make my notes. And then I'm going to come up with the questions that I'm going to ask you. And can, how many questions do I typically get? Is it like 30, 40? <laughs> uh, no. Like, you know, you said you're going to tell me. How many do I get? <laughs> we are going to talk for hours, however long it takes. Well, for okay. the actual polygraph, I'm going to ask you probably, uh, did you, how was Nikki, how allegedly was Nikki killed? Uh, we'll, we'll make it easy for you, Nikki. You were shot. <laughs> Thank you. It was quick. Ah, uh, painless, right? <laughs> yeah, Thank real you. fast. <laughs> so, so I'm going to ask you, did you, did you shoot Nikki? No. Did you know for sure who shot Nikki? For sure. No, I wasn't, no, I wasn't there. But, but you may say, oh, I suspect so-and-so, I suspect so-and-so. No. Did you know for sure who shot Nikki? Did you do it? Mm-mm. You know for sure no. who did it, right? No. Yep. And then I'm going to I'll give you the polygraph. Polygraph contains probably about 10, 10 questions, right? And what I'm going to do, I, I don't want to give out too much. Yes, sure. What I do is you, you have those two relevant questions, and I'm going to bracket them with comparison questions. Um, I'm either going to ask you questions that you and I both know the answers to, and I want you to lie about them. For example... Have you ever said anything in anger that you later regretted? And the answer is? I mean, I would say, yeah, probably at some point. Of course. We all have. Absolutely. But when I ask you that, Maya, I want you to say no. Okay? You got it? Because part of this whole process, I need you to follow directions. Do you understand me? Yes. Cool. So when I ask you, have you ever said anything in anger that you later regretted? I want you to say no. I'm also going to ask you, have you ever committed any minor traffic infraction? And the answer is? Yes. Cool. But again, when we get to that one, I want you to say no. Now, okay. I'm also going to ask Maya, are, the, are, you, are you now sitting down? And obviously, we both know that that's true. Yeah. I'm also going to ask you, are we now in the state of Florida? And we both are here, so the answer is true. So, okay. yeah, that way, I'm going to see what it looks like when you tell the truth. And I can see what it looks so like you're, when you tell Yeah, so you're, you're building that baseline. Nikki yes. and I were yes. talking about this before you jumped on, because I was like, I wonder if you ask basic questions like, what's your name? What's your birthday? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're like building just that like general line of like this is what happens when we know 100 percent without a doubt yes, they're telling the yes, truth. 100 percent, yes, correct. So just because there is a reaction on the polygraph doesn't mean that you're lying. For, for example, let's say you are um, you, you're coming in for a polygraph for employment as a police officer, and we're going to talk about your whole life. Where do we start? I said we're going to start in, in high school. Tell me, right? So you tell me whatever. So now it's time to review the questions, right? And I'm going to ask you, have you, um, have you used any type of illegal drugs in the past, let's say, three years? And you say no, right? 
Okay. I give you a test, and on the test, I ask you the same question, and you react to it. Well, let's say, for example, your husband's in a bad car crash, and they're, they're getting medical help, going to a chiropractor, whatever, and because of it, they ended up getting hooked on painkillers. Okay. Those painkillers are just ruining your lives and your marriages and absolutely everything about it. That is such an emotional, personal thing that you could show reaction to that question, even though it's not you and it's your, your spouse. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's why any good examiner, right? And this is where good experience and good training comes in. I will ask you a follow-up question to make sure that it was not you that we're talking about. So there's complexities to it, but with the right training and, and, and the right tutelage, you, you can actually successfully see a reaction and still make sure that the person is telling you the truth. Make sense? How do you score them? I don't know if you can go into much detail about that. What I do, I'm going to compare the reactions of the relevant questions. I'm going to compare them to the comparison questions. So when I ask you, um, have you ever said anything in anger that you really regret it? If the reaction to that is bigger than the reaction to that you shoot Nikki, then chances are you didn't shoot Nikki because you're more concerned about keeping up with that lie and following the rules and everything. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. That makes sense. It's which one your psychological set is leaning more towards the relevant questions or the comparison questions. Huh. Okay. That's why you got to come up with really good comparison questions. And that's why out of the 10 weeks in polygraph school, they usually spend about three weeks with doing nothing but question formulation. Does, do you ever get like n- nervous Nellies that are just always just like nervous people? And then no matter what question you ask, there's a reaction? It doesn't happen because, well, for one, as soon as you come in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to calm your way down. Number two, when I ask you if you first send Nikki, you're not going to react to that, right? I, mean, no <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> as, well, but, but funny enough, um, let's say your name is Cole Deborah, right? Or you go okay. by Deb. Deb all the time. Debbie, Deborah, Deb. When I ask in the test, is your first name Nicole, you may have a reaction to it because that's not usually how you go by. You go by your middle name, mm. right? And keep in yeah. mind that most people don't like their middle names because it's usually associated with discipline. When you get in trouble, your parents use your whole name. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why a lot of people don't like their middle names because it was they associated with with negative, with disciplines, doing something wrong. I'm telling you, the, the mind is such a fascinating thing to me. It really is. I didn't know it was so complex with the mind and, and getting into someone's mind is yes. wild. Yes. Okay, Nikki, I think now you got to ask him your, your question. Yeah, I heard this and it's, and literally, I was telling Mariah, I don't know where I heard it. I don't even know how it's in my brain, but somehow it's there. Can I try and guess what the question is? Can you put a thumbtack on your foot? Oh my God. Oh, that's close. That's close, but that's, that's not so it. close. It really is close. It is. Um, I heard that if you put a penny in your shoe, that you'll. <laughs> I was close, right? You, were very you close. really are. <laughs> uh, listen, I've been called a mind reader many times, but I'm not. Okay. <laughs> um, no, no, it's not. What the hell is a penny going to do? Come on. I really? don't know. Oh, is he I don't draw know. the needle. Like that's what I told him. Like maybe it should be a magnet. So, like, right. So we don't use needles anymore. We use an actual computer, like a laptop. Oh, so. okay. Look, see, I didn't even know the technology has already changed. <laughs> there we go. That's kind of disappointing because I do like in the movies where you see the little <laughs> thing moving across the paper. <sighs> I love history and I love the history of stuff. When was the first like polygraph testing? 
So polygraph started back in the early 1900s. Um, Leonard Keeler uh, was one of them, and John Reed. Okay. Uh, I believe it started out in um, UC Berkeley Police Department, one of the first ones. And it was actually made on, in, onto a bread box. <laughs> and that's how they used to, <laughs> to do it. Um, wow. So the, the story is that um, I was fresh back from polygraph school and detective body of mine comes down. And he goes, hey, can you get this guy a polygraph? I'm like, sure. What's it for? He goes, um, it's for an armed robbery with a gun. I said, okay, so tell me about the case. He tells me, he tells me that the victim actually picked the suspect out of the lineup. With that, what that does, it gives the detective probable cause to make an arrest. However, the detective just wasn't feeling right about this, so he had me polygraph the guy. Um, polygraphed him, and then I told the detective, I said, listen, not only did he pass it, I don't even think he was there when it happened. So now I'm going against the victim. Um, so I leave work, come home, pick up uh, the family, we go get something to eat, come back, took a shower, put on my uniform to work, go work at detail. Now it's like 10.30, 11 o'clock at night on Friday. The detective called me and he goes, uh, hey, I'm just going to give you an update. And my heart sank, right? Because I'm thinking, I, I messed this one up. I went against the victim. Wow. Yeah, what's up? He goes, well, uh, the sheriff's office went out and made the arrest. And it was not the guy that you tested. And he confessed to the whole thing. Really? And he goes, furthermore, they look like they could be twins. They look so much alike. And they live less than two miles from each other. Did they know each other? Nope. That's crazy. Nope. So the victim, right, she picked who she thought it was, but because of my training and my polygraph, I was able to keep an innocent person from going to jail. And for the 5,000 plus polygraphs I've done, that one really sticks out yeah. because of that. And, you know, it's, and I have a few of these that stick out because I, I kept innocent people out of jail. I had a case where a guy was sat downtown, Orlando, a, a bouncer. We show up, make an arrest. A week later, the guy that got arrested, his brother says, through his attorney, hey, you got the wrong brother. It was me that stabbed him again. So homicide has me give this guy a polygraph to make sure that he's telling the truth about him being the one. Test him, he passed. It's the first time in my 5,000 plus polygraphs that I've tested someone for a criminal case. They passed it and they go to jail because they passed. And is that because he, he really did do it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, he went to trial and I got subpoenaed to go testify because he was saying it wasn't him. About a half an hour before I was supposed to testify, the judge is like, no, it was you. You already confessed to it. So, wow. so yeah, yeah, cool stuff. Yeah. I do have a couple questions. I guess my question's kind of twofold because sure. I know a lot of times in court that they will say the polygraphs are like admissible and they don't take them seriously. And I want to understand why that is because it seems like it's a pretty valid science. It's a fantastic um, tool. Sure. So it's A, why the struggle to get it accepted into the court? Sure. And, that's, that's an yeah. and the next one? And then the, the next one is how do you, if some, okay, I got put in jail for shooting Nikki, but I really didn't do it. And I ended up in prison anyways. So how do I use your tool to help me get out? Well, so let's start with the, with the last one first then. Okay. Um, Jail, I'll go in there, and, and I've done plenty of polygraphs in, in the prison system. No big deal. But and, and I have to go in with an open mind, assuming that you do not do it. Because again, let's clarify for a second. Have I taken one and failed it, or passed it, or I just haven't had one yet? Like, what's the most common scenario? My, it's your scenario. You tell me. Okay, let's say I took it, 
but I failed it. For whatever reason, they said she failed it, so she's guilty, and I ended up in prison. So very simple. You're not going to go to jail just for a failed polygraph. Okay. Done. Okay. So you're telling me that I probably did do it. No. What I'm telling you is that you probably did do it, but just because you failed a polygraph, it's not enough to charge you. Okay. If that's all they have, now if they have all their stuff, and they give you a chance to prove your innocence by giving you a polygraph, that's different. But if they have nothing, and they ask you to take a polygraph, and you failed it, you're going to walk away okay. if you don't confess to anything. Because, again, a failed polygraph is not enough to, to, to establish probable cause. Okay, but more. how is it not enough, but if it's a positive, that is enough? Does that make sense? Because in my head, well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When I thought about it, it makes sense. But when I said it, I'm not so... It doesn't quite track, yeah. <laughs> if you pass it, you walk away. If you fail it and you don't say anything, you walk away. Right. Yeah. That's where, again, the art, and it, it, I consider it to be an art, the art of interviewing comes in. Because remember, physically, physically, people feel, feel better when they confess. Mm-hmm. Because keeping mm-hmm. something like that inside is so stressful. And as we all know, stress makes us sick. Yep. So if yep. I get you to confess, you're going to feel better. And I'm going to tell you that that's the right thing to do because you're a good person. Right. Mm-hmm. I've had plenty of people that come in for employment polygraph and walk out as suspects. Mm-hmm. One guy, he came in, a police applicant, he confessed to me that he had molested his little sister, blah, 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 and quite a few things. As he was leaving, he thanked me because he had never told anyone about that. And do you have to report that? Is it like attorney privileges where you don't necessarily have to oh, no. tell no, what no. I tell you? Okay. So there's no expectation of privacy at a police station, first of all. So, okay. And you're going to consent to the test. You're going to waive your rights. And then you're going to write it down? No. So then we have to look at special limitations. We have to look at jurisdiction, right? So that's what legal advisors are for. And that's what all the detectives are for that specifically work those crimes. Um, I've had people come in for, for polygraphs for employment telling me that they put hydrogen peroxide on their coworkers' food, that they called in a thread at his girlfriend's job so she could get off, go home early. All these things come out during the polygraph. And not so much the polygraph with the little squiggly lines, but my interview, me making people feel very comfortable. Keep in mind that when you're doing an interview, whether it's a podcast or whether it's a criminal interview, the average rate of that people can talk is about 125 to 150 words per minute. Our average rate of comprehension, meaning listening, it's about four to 500 words per minute. So we can comprehend almost five times more than as far as people are talking to us. That's why we daydream. That's why we get lost in thought, because we think we can do two things at one time, but we really cannot. Critical when you're a good interviewer to be a better listener than you are interviewer. The people that you've worked with, that you've gotten released on your polygraph, would you say, like, what went wrong on their polygraph before? Is it that they just weren't comfortable? Is it the person that gave the first one initially maybe wasn't as qualified like what is usually the main reason that they had a bad experience the first time usually what i get is because i'll ask you in second part of this for you when we finish okay how will you compare this one to the other one you make me feel more relaxed you're very much at ease and and again the sooner i can get you relaxed and trusting and talking to me the the better it is for me right because remember the, the body only have so much stress to give out, bottom line. So if I stress you out to the max, the reactions I'm going to see on the charts are very little, minimal, compared to me relaxing you completely, talking about the football game last night or whatever, 
mm-hmm. and then the reactions will be more, a lot more significant and a lot easier to detect. That's why we have to be well versed as interviewers in current events. You walk in with a Chicago Bears hat on. Hey, that game last night was pretty cool, right? And we, we're going to talk about whatever. Again, that's not what they're expecting. So it kind of like catches them by surprise. Yeah, you're helping break the, bring their guard down. That's it. And as, the, as soon as you can do that, you're winning, right? And I'm sorry, I already forgot the first question. That's okay. So the first part of my question was, why is it that these results are like admissible? So let's suppose that uh, Mickey is a defense attorney and Maya is a prosecuting attorney, right? And uh, this guy got arrested for armed robbery, right? So the, the, the suspect hired the services of Nikki to, to defend them in court. So Nikki, being that very good astute attorney that she is, she's going to hire someone like me to give him a polygraph to see if this guy is telling the truth or not. So let's say he passes it, right? So now Nikki is going to go to you on the set attorney side and say, hey, my client wants to take a polygraph. You're thinking, well, that means that she already gave him one that he passed, but no, I am not going to allow that to happen because then that's going to be bad for your case, right? And you, and you can reverse it on the other side. Prosecution says, hey, I want this guy to take a polygraph because I know he's going to pass it. Defense says, why should I allow that to happen? That's why these polygraphs never get put into court because they have to be stipulated upon prior to being given. So both sides have to agree to this polygraph prior to be administered. So that's why they don't usually don't get an in. Can the judge ever like rule that it's required? Does that ever happen? No, what I've done, I've, I've done some post-conviction polygraphs, which means the, the, the judge says, okay, you're found guilty. Go take a polygraph about what happened. If you pass it, I'm going to give you a, a much smaller sentence than if you fail it to make sure that you told the truth. I've done those. Oh, really? I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, and again, all I know is Florida, right? Oh, okay. So, so that, that, that's all I know. Um, yeah. That, as, as far as the actual polygraph being administered and admitted into court, into the trial, that's why they usually do not. However, what gets entered into evidence is the written confession that I got from you. Okay. That gets admitted into evidence. Okay. See, that makes so much more sense because I feel like as a true crime junkie myself, I feel like the perception is that, oh, they're just not valid. There's so many ways you can manipulate them. Um, but that makes sense to me now that it's more like a tactic that it's like, we're just not going to let it in, you know? Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm making sense. That's so relieving. Yeah, you're doing great. You know, you're a great speaker. Let me just tell you. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. You do have a nice, calming, soothing voice too. So I can see why people loosen up. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, what are you guys coming to Orlando? We're like, we'll have dinner and I'll just hook you up for fun. You know, just for fun. It's safe between the three of us. I would love to see actually what would happen with that because I'm like trying to think. I'm like, what? What I want to? What am I guilty of? Really, nothing. Like I usually tell on myself if I do. It's proven me to be a, a pretty awesome partner. It never calls me sick. Never sleeps. It's never wrong. You can beat me as an examiner, but you cannot beat the machine, right? And how many have you done in the course of your career? Um, I'd say a little over 5,000 or so. Wow. That is a lot. Every time we interview people, I'm like, I feel like I could do that job or some I can't do. But this one, I'm thinking like, because I do hair and it's almost the same as talking to my clients where you just, you say certain things and then they start to open and get, get stuff, you know? Uh, Absolutely. So knowing that when I go get my hair cut, I go to the same barbershop now, but before (laughs) when it was like hair clips or whatever, I'm like, don't talk to me. So I would just close my eyes and I was sleeping because I don't want people talking to me. So it's usually so... 
what do you do for a living and where do you work yes. and what do you do yes no not in your business yes <laughs> and you know the funniest thing is is that i get like that i'm when i'm at work like i you know I just, it, that's just, I talk all the time at work to my clients, but when I'm at home or I'm out or at sports and stuff, I'm like, I do not want anybody to talk to me. And Mariah, you know, I'm like that. I like my little, yep. like yep. quiet time and yeah. I, and I am, I'm very outgoing. I'll talk to a little graph. I'll make friends with anybody. I yeah. mean, that's who I am, but don't ask me about my personal stuff, not in your business, especially if I don't know you, right? I mean, bottom line, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to talk to you. But I also feel like you've just got to be drained. And that's how I feel Nikki is. Like, if you're in a profession that is requiring you to talk and have conversations and to actively be listening and engaging, I feel like at the end of the day, nobody should be talking to you. Like, you're spent. So sometimes I do polygraphs and I come home and everybody knows to go. So if I've done a long one, you know, a short interview is two hours for me. That's a, that's a short interview. A long one is six, seven hours, right? So, and if I have to do a polygraph, I just come home, I sit outside by the pool and go, I don't want any mental stimulation. So no music, no TV, nothing, nothing. Actually, and, and I don't even drink. So I'll sit out there with my Dr. Pepper Zero or whatever. And I just, I don't want anybody talking to me because that takes brain stimulation that I, I don't have any to give anymore. Well, I know we've definitely gone over on our time here, but I do want to ask you just a couple of our fun questions because we do love those, and then we'll let you go. We won't take up any more of your afternoon, but Nikki, go ahead. I always like to ask people what you like to collect or hoard. Pen pen. I write with fountain pen. Oh, really? Do you write in cursive or print? Both. Okay. Do you know how to do calligraphy? I actually have a calligraphy pen and I'm asking for a new one for Christmas. I just came out and I'm also asking for an online course on graphology. That's awesome. Okay. I'll ask you this one. If they were going to make a movie about you and your life and your career, who would you want to play you? I've never thought about that. Holy cow. Uh, I've, I've been told several times by strangers and loved one families that what is uh, no country for old men have you seen it oh yes i love that movie i could hear it in your voice (laughs) i've been told that i sound like him and that i look like him well this was so much fun and thank you for letting us take up so much of your afternoon i'm so happy you're doing this this podcast because i've been listening and it's holy cow it's fantastic Thank you. Very humble that you guys actually asked me to do this for you. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you so much. I had a fantastic time. Thank you. And I love doing these because I get to educate and share experiences with other people that are curious like you guys are. And and if I can make your understanding of what we do better, then you know what? It's a win-win for everybody. Okay. So what do you think? So awesome. Such a nice guy. This like the sweetest, right? I mean, here's the thing. I think he could get me to confess because, like, I feel simultaneously like very at ease and slightly nervous. Like, <laughs> so, so I think he could totally get the confession out of me. Yeah, I'm just always like when he said the pulling over. Even if I see a cop in my review, I'm already sweating, and the lights aren't Same. even on. Same. So I'm all like, I'm like, oh god. god. Yeah, I'm not good at that. So I think I would probably. Just confess. And I always tell on myself with stuff anyways. So I feel like it would be hard because I feel like the way, like, I'm forgetting what he called it, but the way that he phrased the question, like you're damned either one that you 
whichever yeah. option that he gave you, <laughs> yeah. you're screwed. Yeah. So I feel that's like up. that's what would trip me up is he would be phrasing things and I'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah, uh-huh. You know, like, yeah. and obviously because he's probably phrasing it that way because I did it. But you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, totally. You like you said it was so mental and I was like, it totally is. Yeah. And you didn't expect that because I thought it was, I literally thought they just had like a very standard Nikki, where were you? Where are you at home on Tuesday? No. Did you see your wife yesterday? I didn't realize it was this very. There's a lot. Yeah. I'm watching everything. We're eight hours to do one of these. You know, like I didn't realize that they were like getting written confessions and observing your behavior. Like I literally thought it was like, we're going to plug you up. We're going to ask you these questions and you're going to pass or fail. I had a totally different understanding of what it was. Yeah. There was so much more to his job than I ever thought at all. That's a lot. Oh, it's a crazy job. That's a long day. I'd need a, I'd need a coffee break. I feel like you do that though. I feel like you could moonlight. I feel like you could work a Saturday shift for him. I feel like I would want to try. I right? think you could do it because hairdressers are those magical people that like somehow turn into your therapist. They get you to say things that yeah. you wouldn't tell anybody else. Yeah. Think about how many clients you've had, first time clients that spill their entire life to you. Oh, tons, tons. You know, I think you can do this. And now it's just like, now we just have evolved, you know what I mean? Together. But I also am like, I'm probably an over spiller myself, you know, like when they're talking, I'm like, oh, blah, 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 and then tell about. See, but I disagree with that because I've known you for several years now (laughs) and I feel like you're you're an active listener and you ask questions, but you're very careful about not oversharing your own personal experiences. Uh, maybe. Maybe it's just like in my private. head. I feel like you protect your like family and your boys. And like, yeah, I feel like you're very good at making other people talk and asking them questions and engaging <laughs> with them. So it feels like you're participating in the conversation. But you walk away being like, oh, I did not. Well, I didn't really ask her what her favorite movie was. You know, like... <laughs> You somehow like get everybody else to talk. Because I'd rather hear their crap. Mine's just like yeah. blah, boring, boring. I'd like I mean, rather hear know. someone else's. But see, I think that's a, a skill though, because that's how you get these people to talk. Maybe. Because what did he say? If they're talking, then I'm winning. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't like uncomfortable silences. You know that. So then I always yeah. have to ask a question. Like then I'm like, like, okay, da, 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 da. So where'd you grow up or blah, 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 Because I don't like that awkward silence and where it's just like. You want to fill it. Yeah, I got to fill it. Yeah. Because it makes Too me much. uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, yeah I I could be, maybe I could work with him just for the weekend. I really think you could pull a shift. <laughs> right? I could zoom I in. I really do. I mean, he said he's hiring. I feel like we should like, you know. A little moonlight on the weekend. We, we could do a, like a little mini pod on oh. your days on the job. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell us about your cases that week right (laughs) no he was fantastic loved him yeah he's super so send in your questions if you have questions I know that you do I know we missed something send them in we want to hear them and he wants to answer them so send them in folks oh all right well same time next week same time next week we'll see you then bye 
Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. We do encourage you to follow us at Instagram at Body to Burial. Hit us up on Twitter at Body to Burial. And you guessed it, you can send us an email to hello at bodytoburial.com. If you have any guest suggestions, just let us know. Please hit the subscribe button or follow button on whatever app you are listening to. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time.